Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Travel Talks podcast. This week, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Jen and Rob from Race Across the World. If you don't already know, Race Across the World is a BAFTA award-winning British reality TV show. And I'm going to read the little description I have on their website because obviously that's the best way to subscribe it. In a frantic race across the world, travellers can choose any route they like, but no flights or smartphones are allowed. Jen and Rob featured in series two of Race Across the World. And if you haven't watched that series already, maybe give this podcast a miss because it's absolutely littered with spoilers and it would ruin the show for you, which I don't want to do. Anyway, I'll stop rambling on now and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I generally don't like the camera to stop rolling and they'd be like, oh, that was, that was really good. You know, here's a burger. <laughs> Thanks for pretending you're going to be sleeping in the hammock, but actually we're in the Malmaison. I think, well, we certainly started off wanting to win and then it quickly dawned on us that it's not going to be an easy race, really. The challenge has got to be just just get to the end. I just stood there and you could almost cry, like the emotion's so overwhelming. Like, I am so blessed to have been to those places. Nobody really gets to do that. Oh, man. I, well, I couldn't believe that they were up the bus stop. I still can't believe it now, but, mm. oh, man, yeah, that was... Uh, that was a tough mountain to climb, wasn't it? Following them all the way up. Can you believe that? This is my actual life. Like, it, it, oh, it's just incredible. Jen, Rob, it's so great to have you on the podcast. How are you both? We're very well, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Very good. Struggling with lockdown a little bit, but no, we're really good. Thank you. Race Across the World was a massive, massive saviour for me in lockdown V1. Every single Sunday night, it was a massive part of my evenings and my weeks looking forward to it as well. What was it like watching yourself on TV? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really loved like watching it to relive it all, um, but I think, yeah, maybe Jen, you weren't ready for how <laughs> the public would receive your crazy outbursts. No, always kind of knew that I was more light, but never actually thought I would get, you know, <laughs> the firebombs through the letterbox and, and, you know, hate on Twitter. So actually, um, it was amazing to watch it. And like Robbie said, amazing to relive, mm. amazing to see what our friends got up to. Because yeah. of course, we were not yeah. with them. So it was great to kind of get, yeah, their side of see what their we to. journey as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, not so great with the aftermath. Yeah, with all kind of, oh gosh, the, the attention, obviously, kind of in social media. And oh God, that was something else. But whew. I wanted to start by asking, how important is travel to you? For me, travel has always been part of my life, I think. Um, unfortunately, though, like it's mainly been like your classic, like holiday destinations, you're on the beach kind of place. So, yeah, definitely been something that I wanted to expand on. And Jen, you're 
you're quite similar in that respect aren't you you've never really backpacked you never really no. Um, I, I never really travelled. We were, I mean, we were really lucky as kind of children. We got to go on holiday every year and we'd go on holiday for kind of long periods of time, but we'd go to pretty much Spain all, all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I obviously met Robbie and he was like, right, we're going to, we just started off with, with Europe and like um, city breaks, didn't we? But, you know, we just had this, all of a sudden I was like travelling the world. I was in Rome one day, in Munich the next day. And I thought, <laughs> oh my days, like I didn't realise travel for, like was for someone like me. So then fast forward and go and race across the world. I'd never, I've never even been that side. I've never been to mm. uh, America. So God, it was, it was like a real treat, a real privilege for me. So yeah, I've, I've kind of got the bug, haven't we? It's something we enjoy to do together. Yeah, I just love discovering new places and the world's so massive, isn't it? That you can't not, you know, keep going out there and finding so, new places. And, and we're not go-backers. We, we never go back. No. We always try and go okay. somewhere new because there's so many places that we want to go. We don't have time to go back. No, don't even have time to write a list. Really, <laughs> what made you want to apply to be on the show then? Well, the story really is that my sister um, moved to Singapore the year the first series came out. Mm -hmm. oh. So we kind of watched it from that perspective and kind of got... Because we were going hooked. to visit her, weren't we? We were going to visit her and um, it was a good... She thought, oh, it's on TV, you know, mm. we'll get a bit of a idea of what Singapore's like these days. And uh... Yeah, tips of where to visit, maybe, we thought. And then that um, actually we watched the last episode. So mm. then, of course, we were like, oh, my God, what is this incredible adrenaline feels like yeah. show and then of course the box came up saying do you want to apply for Chris uh, Risk Across the World and I was um, like yeah why not let's yeah. do it boom so before Robbie could even be like put the kettle on love I got the application up and it was like a, a, a one minute video was it and we just did so. it there yeah, and then yeah. on that night yeah and then came back from holiday in Singapore and then watched the whole of the first series and absolutely hooked brilliant isn't brilliant. it so what was the application process like <laughs> <laughs> It was. It feels very informal. Like it does. We, we probably went to see them, you know, a, a small handful of times. Yeah. Um, and before you know, you never really knew that you were on it until. Well, I certainly didn't believe we were on it until mm. like they were flying us out. Absolutely. To somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was yeah, like you said, really, really informal. Like people probably expect it to be audition process, audition, 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 but it was never like that. I think we did probably, you know, a challenge, but it was just loads of long conversations, getting to know them, then obviously yeah. getting to know us and who we were and our backgrounds and yeah, it was it was wonderful. It was well, it's like making friends, isn't it? We I feel like we were just making friends it wasn't it was it was so enjoyable and I kept saying to Robbie even if you know we don't get on the show this bit has been really fun yeah nice and Robbie you alluded to it there when did you find out where you were going to fly out to as well we were put up in a hotel on the outskirts of Heathrow like the night before but we had no idea the next day you know what time we knew we were obviously flying from Heathrow to somewhere but even when we got to Heathrow um, they wouldn't show us our tickets it was only really till we got um, to the boarding gate that we knew where the where that plane was flying to mm. which is Mexico City as you know but really that 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 could have just been another hub to somewhere else and that is definitely something yeah. that we we're playing on because it's it felt at the time a bit of a strange place to start from but actually thinking about it it's you know it's such a metropolis I think it's almost the same population of the uk just embedded into a into a city it's absolutely wow. humongous yeah so thrilling wasn't it to like literally rock up with your backpack and we packed we had no idea where we were going so we packed you know bikinis and winter jackets yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. We packed yeah. sandals and thermal socks it was just incredible just... the only idea you get was they gave us a temperature range which was just 
Uh, yeah. Oh, like a minus 20 to minus plus 10 30 or something. Or something. To, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, that, that's a, that's helpful. It's no <laughs> help at all. So exciting. So um, exciting. But yeah, for me, that was quite stressful, not knowing where you're going, because I'm very much of a planner. I like to, to research it to death, really, before going somewhere. I like to know, you know, when we're getting off the plane, the best way to get to our hotel, yeah. you know, the best hotels in the area, all the best things to do in the area, and you have none of that. Mm. Um, so you just rely on the locals, which is actually quite amazing how much you can kind of get away with on the ground and not have to use your phone at all. It's quite quite impressive, really. And I think you, it was hard at the start, but you start getting into that way of traveling, yeah. um, not relying on your phone, like speaking to people constantly to try and find stuff out. But you would find stuff out that you'd never come across on Google. Oh really? Yeah, just like uh, we went to Blumenau for the for the um, German beer festival, mm. and I'm sure if you search Google, you would not have found anywhere to sleep that night. It took us almost a day to find accommodation that night, didn't it? But we wow. we got there eventually. Got I love eventually. how the question was: When did you find out where you were going? And then oh, you're yeah, talking about German beer. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty right. minutes later, I'm like, rambling on. Stop. I'm rambling on. <laughs> no, that's Not the best <laughs> Only you ramble, no, because we'll edit it all out. It'll be fun. You're just sitting back, just watching. <laughs> just arresting. <laughs> and so Mexico City was the start point, and Ushuaia yeah. was the final destination. I, for one, had never heard of Ushuaia. I don't know about you. The most southerly no. city in the world, 2,500 kilometers away. <laughs> You'd never heard of it, surely? Never. Couldn't even find it on the map. We had like, like I can't remember. They said, I, I can't remember the details. Gosh, it was so long ago and I was in such a panic. But it was, I don't know, say like midday and they were like, right, the race starts at one or, or whatever. <laughs> so we had a good, you know, 20 minutes to, to kneel down and, and look at the map, didn't we, and find where we were going. Couldn't find yeah, yeah. it. We left. Not having Well, we were the first ones to find it. We knew yeah, we, knew we were either traveling upwards or downwards. Yeah. We couldn't be traveling any other way yeah. so we were basically searching alaska and, and oh god and that the map they of gave us i mean we may as well just burnt it it was awful wasn't it and i know i was on it it's, oh. yeah it's like a globe isn't it so yeah. it's got no useful destinations or places on you can't really use it we managed to go into like but... a little mall it, well not even a mall like do you know when you go into the underground and there's little shops in there that you yeah. can buy juices from and stuff we managed to find like a phone shop didn't we and they were on the internet and we were like aha yep. so he put it into google maps and actually it was him who showed us where it was and we were like ah then we could kind of see it on the map and like draw it on and then we no, found no, no, it no no we knew we knew before we got I had no before we left clue. I yeah, didn't we even know probably when I even got to the top of the mountain that's why I had no clue <laughs> <laughs> and of course to get to Ishwai you had to take some crazy methods of transport like bus boat taxi yeah did you have a favorite oh oh a favorite that's a really good um question really to begin with i remember our first night bus i was dead excited and i was like oh, i've never been on a night bus before it felt so novel and so exciting mm. oh, and then quirky. you know when <laughs> it was number 990 night bus i was thinking jesus no i can't do it i can't sleep standing up again um mm. the boats were were fun i tell you what that crossing between um the mexico border and uh, Guatemala, wasn't it? That was incredible. Other than having to do all of that work for an extra half a day, so we yeah. felt like we were like half a day behind, which is so annoying. And I can't remember where we were. We went um, in that little tuk-tuk. That was really fun. It was yeah. all just a crazy adventure. Like, when I think back now, I can't even believe that it was our lives. Like, we did some messed up stuff. Yeah. Even, even boats broke down for us. We managed yeah. to break down in almost every, every method of method transport. Every tuk-tuk <laughs> broke down, even the tuk-tuk. The, the chain came off the tie pops like so you couldn't ride night it. bus broke down in the middle of the night <laughs> and we're stranded in the middle of nowhere 
<laughs> Am I right in saying that you got to take some luxury items with you? No, not not really per se. I mean, well, we could we could take we, we could take, take as many luxury items as you want, but I mean, you've okay. got to carry it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's it. That's it. So they don't say you know you can have three items. Kind of what are they? But you know, I took the best face creams and I took like my perfume and I took my makeup and I just used. To you've got to be selective over yeah. like non-essential. I made space. I got yeah. I like dumped pants and socks to make room for perfume. Um, and dry shampoo. I, I prioritised. I basically yeah. stuck to essentials. And then I wore Robbie's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you fill that time on the long, long overnight buses then? Did you have any entertainment? I mean, that's the beauty with overnight buses. It's the night, so you get yeah. to sleep, which is really good. So actually, you're, you're travelling when you're sleeping. It's actually a really bloody brilliant way of travelling, isn't it? It is the best, yeah. Um, and obviously, you can't see anything anyway. So, so that really is where we slept um or try to at least or try to we through the blaring movies <laughs> the blaring spanish movies um i mean in the day it was lovely because you just got to really relax and take it in because obviously there's no pressure to be on the move because you were on the move so you could actually just enjoy your surroundings yeah and then at night yeah you just tried to kind of catch up on when you sleep yeah because you're knackered after all the work we did so much we did so much work each leg just to carry on going yeah. yeah yeah so i wanted to ask how intent were you on winning and then whether this changed during the race I think well we certainly started off wanting to win and then it quickly dawned on us that it's not going to be an easy race really the challenge has got to be just just get to the end um, I disagree a little bit you carry on and then I'll tell my but I think I think when it when when we realized that actually we are you know neck and neck I think we were second for quite a few legs weren't we pretty much all of them mm. yeah we just thought yeah we could we could do this we don't have to be in first place through the you know, first couple of legs, but come to last, last two legs, you kind of want to be in the top, don't you? Yeah. That, that's that's where you've got yeah. that's where you've got the uh, chance to actually make it. Mm. I was I was quite ignorant, so I I genuinely thought, and I know everybody will laugh, but I honestly thought. How much do you want bifolds? <laughs> well, yeah, that and I saw that happen, um, but I genuinely thought like the camera to stop rolling. And they'd be like, oh, that was that was really good. You know, here's a burger. <laughs> Thanks for pretending you're going to be sleeping in the hammock, but actually we're in the Malmaison. I genuinely <laughs> thought that if I was like, I'm a bit thirsty, they would hand me like a Coca-Cola. Mm. God, no, like ignorance was bliss. Because no, had no, I no. known what it was really like, I can't promise that I would have gone. <laughs> so definitely glad that I had no clue. To begin with, I just wanted to finish. And I didn't even care. Like we said, didn't we? Like, like you said, even if we get there, 20 weeks after the race is finished and everyone's gone home at least we've finished but then when week on week on week on week on week we were still in the competition and bumping into like these incredible people that we were racing with and thinking god like we're actually keeping up that's when I thought we might actually have a chance at winning this and then that's when we started playing really like let's boom knuckle down we need a plan you touched on it there and uh, your group of contestants I feel got on more than maybe series one you seem like such a strong cohesive unit was there any particular couple of people that you got on best with I don't think we were like a more cohesive unit than series one I just think that series one obviously was the first series and actually this in in our series they show more of the relationships they wanted to like in series one you never got to see any checkpoint time Mm. whereas actually it was quite a heavy focus in in this series so I don't think it's that we got on better I think it's just sad that we didn't get to see it because actually we're um we're friends with obviously series one because we've got so much in common and they're Mm. such a tight knit are they yeah 
but yeah, yeah our, our guys were lovely and we were so diverse I mean young old you know there were we, were, we would never would have been friends in real life, but actually we're no, very No, you'd never close. have put us all together, would you? But um, yeah. yeah, we get on so well with them. And I think it's kind, it's something that kind of bonds you together. So yeah, you do have your game face on as, as soon as you kind of leave the leave the checkpoint doors. Yeah. But, but whilst you're at the checkpoint and when you do have that time to sit down, with each other you get on like a house for fire oh, because it's such yeah. a such a stressful unique experience you can't not bond over that's that it. and and when Don was poorly you know when they were late to Cafe Arte and we knew something was wrong and and yeah. they were there and we all cried and you know Joe and Sam left and and like mm. when you, even early you know it's only week two when Michael and Chantal left and still it left such a massive hole in the group and obviously we only got closer and closer the more time we spent together yeah yeah they're they're incredible i think we're probably closest to Emon and jamil but only because we pretty much similar in age i think Mm. yeah Yeah. and we we had very similar strategies so we took very similar routes quite a lot a lot of the time so we were Um, together a lot think kind of similar ways don't we all incredible what a bunch of people are we so blessed to have made those friends yeah lovely and i wanted to ask what the checkpoints were like they must have been this bliss in between the chaos They were heavenly, weren't they? They were heavenly, but it comes with a downside because, like, it gives you a false sense of like luxury because <laughs> it just makes that day one back on the road so much harder. Do you remember leaving <laughs> Copan Ruinas? So we'd had this lovely. I think we'd had. Oh, you like, did, you broke down. Didn't you? Oh my god, I couldn't. I couldn't leave. I, I, I couldn't leave. Like I, it was a shock week one anyway. The first leg, and then yeah, you, you know, I'd slept and I'd eaten, and I was like, oh god. And then I remember waking up crying, walking down the stairs crying, getting the envelope saying where our next destination was crying. And you just basically <laughs> said to me, just try and get through today. And if we can't do it, then we'll leave. And then the next day you said, just try and get through today. And again, if you can't do it tomorrow, I promise we'll leave. And then before you know it, we did another leg. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. definitely how it started. Panama checkpoint was interesting because I think we arrived at, like in the middle of the night, maybe three or four o'clock in the morning. You know, you describe how, how that legs being to to camera and stuff and then you go to bed and then you know we probably had about an hour's sleep and then and then we were catching up with <laughs> with you know the news from um, michael and Chantel. and you're in luxurious places but you know Do you, you don't necessarily make the make yeah. the most of that opportunity mm-hmm. unfortunately the like we'd be like oh my god everybody's here like let's and then before you get, know it the next yeah, starts yeah. that's it let's go get a cup of tea and let's catch up catch up so you should be in bed yeah. but you can't waste that time to see your friends no, and like yeah, so yeah. where have you been what jobs yeah. did you do and then you're like oh you know we've got to leave in an hour so better go and have a quick shower change your clothes <laughs> and boom so although that is where we ate we ate at checkpoints we pretty much didn't eat at all no wow uh, on each leg so it's like it's like the 5-2 diet but <laughs> i wanted to go all the way to the end now and talk about that amazing ending i remember watching it and jumping out of the sofa i was literally on my on my feet just was amazed by it what was that race up to the final checkpoint like oh man i well i couldn't believe that they were up the bus stop i still can't believe it now but mm. oh man yeah that was uh that was a tough mountain to climb wasn't it following them all the way up so close i'm still not over it i mean just the the emotion i, I could still feel like the, the trauma like yeah when we bumped into them and we saw them there with no bags yeah well you saw on on kind of the show i i got really upset because i was like oh i really thought that we could win and then you know we were there and they didn't have any bags and i was just like oh god we've got no chance so kind of like i was already a bit upset and i get dead weak when i cry 
and then obviously the, the mountain oh it was it was just the emotion it was I can't even describe it it was like incredible but hell I felt like James Bond I felt like I was in a James Bond movie I felt like I was pulling you up that you did pull it. if it wasn't for Robbie I'd still be climbing it right now I'd still be there <laughs> scaling the, the rock You've and then we did, we did, we did make pro, we did make headway on them through the hotel because they made a, they made, made a mistake. Got they? a bit lost. Ooh. Oh gosh, um, I can't even believe it. And, and yeah. like a series of things happened. So you know, the car broke down as we were scaling the cliff. I fell over and did this massive dramatic action man roll. Had those things not happened, we probably you you can't think like this, but oh. we probably. We probably would have been more than 20 seconds ahead. We probably mm. could have done it, but it, it is what it is. We could, I could, we could see them. We were the racing up the hill. Way. We saw them pretty much the whole way, and um, them. yeah, saw them writing in, uh, reaching the book. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Yeah. We were that close. We were that close all the way. That must have been painful. It's kind of way. like a double-edged sword because they are incredible and they deserve it. And what they are doing with that money. Mm. How can how would I have sat here and said, Robbie, I really want Bifos when they're mm. donating it all to children and saving so many lives. So thank God that they did yeah. win and they mm. so deserve it. and then I can't even tell you how incredible they are. They they are absolutely deserved winners. I mean um, twenty grand wouldn't really have changed our lives. Yeah, it would have been nice, but it wouldn't have changed their lives. But they've used so, that money to change exactly. the lives of so many yeah, yeah. so many people. It's and actually the really whole twenty second thing is is I mean, it's terrible because it, it was just 20 seconds. And, yeah. and, you know, had you just walked quicker, like you probably could have made mm. it. But to be 20 seconds, we, I can't tell you how average we are. We're so but behind normal. a gymnast and behind exactly. someone who climbed Everest. It yeah. doesn't feel too bad, to 20, be honest. You know, 54 days later and there were 20 seconds. Yeah, in it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's an incredible achievement. A lot of people say I'll be disappointed. I, I don't feel like disappointment. It's like saying, I don't know if you've you know maybe you could say that to someone who's really across the atlantic and came second yeah. that's that just feels like such an achievement it feels yeah. the same for us we, I think. we like we're winners we absolutely a we finished b we finished second and c we finished 20 seconds behind the winners yeah yeah like we we won we definitely won yeah absolutely completely agree I wanted to ask, because I'm an editor myself, I know the power of editing in TV and obviously you can dictate narratives <laughs> and you can tell stories exactly how you want to do. How close was the edit to the reality? I think pretty close. I think Pretty close. I mean, like if we would have edited it for our own purposes, mm. it would have probably included a lot of the same stuff plus more. But like for the stuff that we remember is not necessarily the same. So I can yeah. remember like there was that incident where you were on the bus station floor I couldn't see me. Do oh, you remember yeah. that? I do. I remember that most brilliant moment of my life it, so far. It was quite a comedic moment, but we never, <laughs> we never remembered it no. because we, it, it wasn't comedic from you know mm. our viewpoints as a, as a third person viewing it. It, it was hilarious. Well, they film us twenty four hours a day for fifty four yeah. days. Like they, just they've got thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands of hours of footage, and actually you get about circa seven minutes a show. Mm. I, I wouldn't want to be the editor. What a tough job they they've got. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So no, re really pleased with it. Yeah. Nice. Was there any <laughs> moment that you were surprised didn't make the edit? Yeah, quite, quite a lot. Like we like we had a lot of fun, didn't we? We had quite a lot of fun. Obviously, the, the only bits that you saw of me is <laughs> me complaining, <laughs> which don't get me wrong, was quite a big proportion but like um we did some really good jobs like we did that um we worked in a meat market in Montevideo oh that was really cool and that was yeah. incredible and I was like this is definitely going to get him Robbie was like the chef and he was literally running a restaurant wow. and I was serving all the customers and making all the puddings and it didn't yeah. even make it and I was so shocked I was telling everyone you know it's gonna be great wait something really special's coming and it didn't make it in I was quite surprised 
I guess it was like the final, like why why are you laughing? It's like I'm, no I'm just thinking of all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of memories are starting to flood back. Oh yeah, that happened, and oh yeah, that happened, and that Diego moment who um, oh, couldn't yeah, couldn't take God, us to a uh, Cafiati yeah. checkpoint. Yeah. They didn't think that would ever make it, but yeah, yeah. It did yeah. yeah. You touched yeah. on it there. Work during the race was this something you looked forward to doing? Actually, yeah, I really enjoyed working because that was our moment to kind of get involved in the culture yeah. and meet people and to be honest it was a great way of finding out the best way to go next or the best yeah. way to get to the checkpoint as well um, and often they fed you as a as a yeah. reward sometimes they gave us snacks which was incredible <laughs> oh yeah we, we often got, got fed well as well which yes, is which was and bonus. sometimes they'd let you sleep there so you didn't have to and have sleep, like a yeah. night in a hotel or, or a night bush you could actually like sleep laying down which would be amazing wow. <laughs> oh, i love doing that the work what a luxury. was so fun <laughs> what a luxury <laughs> as if they're so these people they take you like they're strangers they take you into their home you literally sit like often in their homes you eat with their family you eat local dishes they're often talking in you know their like their local town like it's incredible what what a way to see a place and before this it would have been my worst nightmare if you'd said to yeah. me stay in a homestay I'd be like dog on no way in hell but actually I recommend it it is the way to actually find out about a place what was quite funny was that it's quite difficult to actually organise these things. So we often got like a, you know, uh, a brochure of some of the work that was available. But actually, like organising it isn't, isn't very easy at all because you get like, a, get like a phone number and you get an address. But you have no idea how far that address is away from your route at and all. And you've got no phone. And you've got no phone. <laughs> So you've got to like borrow <laughs> so people's phone. phone. <laughs> Sometimes this, you know, the workplace yeah. won't answer. So you've got to drop a text and then hope that they'll be there from a random yeah. number, and you'll never get a response because yeah. you've left you've left that person that you've yeah. made their phone from. So and obviously yeah. you can't do phones, so it always fell to me. Oh yeah, you I have can't to do speak that any then. languages. And <laughs> it used to really, I didn't really like it. So it used to really like not frighten me, but it just wasn't a task that I enjoyed. So I'd be like, oh hell. I've got to call somebody else. You, you felt like it was dictated that you had to do it because of yeah because I struggle with phones yeah. Oh, there was a few times, weren't there, that we'd organise work, and um, we basically said like we'll be arriving at I don't know whatever time four in the morning. There was we, yeah there was one know. time that we would just text someone and we had no way of contacting them in any other way so we just, dropped a text and said sit there, we? I hope it's all right yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and some people would be there because one one time we um Chris in the cloud for us we missed him he was in town waiting for us we'd managed to kind of hike to his shack so that you know that didn't quite work uh, out but yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. it was fab wasn't it I love I love the work the work was great yeah I mean it wasn't easy work and it always seemed to revolve around shuffling pooping. poo every job was pooping time, I can't but... even believe it Luckily, Chantal had given me some marigolds, so I was all right. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you had a budget of £1,400 each. Surely that money that you made from work must have been vital to your budget. Do you think you could have made it to the end without working? No, Not a chance. No, no, no. There were some weeks we actually couldn't afford to go any further. We actually had to work to get the money to travel that same day. So if yeah. we hadn't have worked, we would have been out. I think yeah so like we worked out a budget per day and say what what, what was it like, six, like 20 60 dollars or some 60 dollars between us say I think something like that I think it was <laughs> but often <laughs> often the night bus would be a lot more than that oh, yeah. yeah anyway so you've, you've blown it. your budget every day and that's before you've eaten and that's before, before you've eaten water. bought water 
you know, manage to get to that bus station, sometimes you'd have to take a taxi or a... Do you remember when I borrowed that man's phone? everywhere. And I didn't, well, I didn't realise because I am so stupid. But I, I, oh, I can't, no, I can't even tell you, but I kind of have to now. So I <laughs> thought that was in South America. I thought it was like, you know, basically I didn't get what the fact piece? that... Oh, God. I can't even admit it. Basically, <laughs> what happened is we were in one country and I, and I was like phoning ahead to get work for like the next country, but obviously it was oh, a different country. Yes. But I didn't really understand that because obviously England is just one piece and South America is one piece. So I thought South America was mm. another, anyway, whatever. So then the man all of a sudden said to me, Oh, well, you owe me X amount of dollars for that phone call. And I was like, What? And he was like, You're dying in another country. <laughs> so it's like unexpected bills like that that used to get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> It was <laughs> and a job that stood out for me was the feeding the bears at the Chipari Reserve. Was that your favourite? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was such a surreal place to be, um, and to be so close to those bears is quite amazing, really. And you really enjoyed oh. working with bears. I think it was the only time we managed to work with animals on that on that trip, which it was, was really one nice. Of the best days of my actual life. Yeah. Oh God, I just I could cry thinking about it. It. I was like. I was as close to the bears as I am to Robbie. Like, had they not been so vicious, I probably could have petted them. They yeah. were incredible. And when I was cleaning out that bear cage and I looked and there was no lock on the door, like, the bear could defo have charged Oh, me. God, I know, yeah. Uh, safety isn't high priority out there, no, is it? No, you just don't worry about it. You just think it's, you know, it's the BBC, they won't let you die. Um, and that's just the motto you've got to go with. Oh, it's always a medivac. Yeah, that was incredible. The bears were absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then the cloud forest. We, yeah. Chris, um, you, you saw it in the show. He, he was the guy who kind of ran the place, the, e the eco, eco lodge. Um, lodge. And he yeah. made us tea, and we just we, we stood together, just looking out over the cloud forest, and it was just incredible, wasn't it? It was just mm. breathtaking. Yeah, I'm sure. What about a job which someone else did that you saw on TV? Were there any that you wish you did? There was. I think it was it was kind of like a first come first serve type of situation if it was out of the book. So people got to, uh, some the of the turtles. animal stuff. Oh yeah, the Joe turtles. Joe and Sam did the turtles. That, that was, was quite cool. That looks so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that looked really good. Um, what what else? What other jobs? I, I don't. I think the turtle one stands out for me. We were we were really good though. That used to be the that used to literally be the first thing that we did because we knew. We knew that we had to work and obviously we wanted to work and earn the cash, but we really wanted to have so much fun. We wanted to try and work, you know, on a route that we were planning to take so we didn't have yeah. to kind of go off and, and do something that we'd really remember forever and ever. So that mm. literally other couples would be like, right, this is the route we're going to. Let's get on the road. Whereas we'd always take five minutes and we'd always plan the jobs first. It was the first task we ever did. So yeah, actually... Yeah. I do feel like if you ask the other couples, they'd probably be more envious of the jobs we did because we just made jobs a priority, didn't we? Because we really wanted to We did, but it. perhaps we prioritised the jobs that were like closest to our route because I know other people often spent sometimes more money to get out to a job and back on their route than they actually made on the, jo yeah, yeah, on the job sometimes. So. Yeah, but you kind of got to balance that with, you know, you've got to make an experience and yeah. you know, do things that you'd never have the opportunity to do. Emon hairdressing, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun. It's a shame that you didn't get to actually yeah. cut someone's hair. Oh, how funny. But then you yeah. would have robbed us of the moment of um, Iman asking, oh, or yeah. I say asking, <laughs> shouting, I want a haircut in the streets. Yeah. Oh, bless him. So funny. Brilliant. Classic moment. Iman is actually a really good hairdresser. At the checkpoints, the boys used to, if, if we were there to 
together, you know, we'd managed to make it mm. together. The boys used to get in the line and Iman used to cut all their hairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was great, so, wasn't it? <laughs> awesome. So I want to learn more about like the behind the scenes elements of the show. So I wondered if you could explain who followed you on your trip. Yes. Uh, so we had, I mean, we probably aren't allowed, if I'm honest, to talk about it, but we had, um, so you have two kind of camera people with you, don't you? You have um, a producer director and an assistant producer, um, and they're obviously responsible for just making sure they capture all the hilarity that we bring to the all situation. All the filming, all the all audio. The film, that's it, all everything. the audio, yeah. 24-7, yeah. almost. And then you've got a fixer who is purely there for the crew so they're there to kind of speak the local language if there's ever a problem with filming permissions the crew need to eat so that you know they're to look after the crew because the crew are so busy kind of at, at filming us really there is a medic just in case we get into any trouble and that's why when obviously you saw dom you know um have his seizure a service was on kind of you know so quickly because there's a medic not too far behind you just to make sure that us and the crew are safe mm. um and then obviously you have a driver who's got a van full of spare kit in case anything should happen mm. so actually it's really a very small team yeah and the cameras that they use again i probably will get in trouble for, for saying this they're actually really tiny so people they're quite will, small yeah people mm. will often say to us you know well of course you've got that for free or of course you got that for free because there's a massive film crew there really isn't and, and they could be mistaken for tourists. You know, they're, they're mm. tiny little cameras, aren't they? They so, are quite small, yeah. They, they use your kind of yeah. DSLRs, aren't they? Yeah, so not, and they're behind us. Big. You know, they follow our journey. They don't they don't tell us where to go. They're not ready. We we say what we're doing and they just <clears> leg <throat> it and catch up. So actually, quite often, it would just be me and you. They'd be somewhere behind and, and yeah. it's very easy to... It feels quite authentic because yeah. I don't. I think you would have the same experience, you know, with without the Definitely. without the crew there. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, if someone spots there there being a camera pointed at us, then then maybe that would work in our favour. But also, I think a lot of people saw that as like, oh, these people must be like rich or something. Mm. So they so like fighting for discount was, I think, probably harder. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Yeah. And of course, if, if the next bus out of here had, you know, two seats on it, mm. we wouldn't be allowed to take that because, you know, we can't go off on our own because you've got no show. No one can film yeah. what we get up to. <laughs> so we, we had to always kind of be three, I ideally four, to stick together. Um, so sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it didn't work out because actually there weren't enough seats and we probably had to delay by a couple of hours or, or whatever. But, but mm. everybody was the same, so yeah, yeah completely fair. So it's um, fair. Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> team. They were they were wonderful. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So at the start of the trip, Jen, you spoke about the fact that whenever you go away, you always feel like someone's going to mug you. And obviously that must have been that must have been a worry during the trip. Did you feel safe on the trip? Oh God, I always, you know, a car would backfire and I'd hit the deck thinking I was being shot at. I'm just a very ridiculous, cautious, safety conscious person. And this mm. is just my life. So yeah, very, very suspicious. And actually that that's really sad. And I really do feel like that's meant that I've missed out on quite a lot of stuff. And I'm very quick to dismiss stuff when actually this is yeah, yeah. really proven to me that just trust people, let people in. And actually 99.999% of the time, they just want to help you. In. And what shocked me is just these people like um, Earl, early man, do you remember him? Early man. He was, they're just so proud of their country. They want to take you to the best restaurant. They want to yeah. direct you to the best as a bit on the beach, they just they so just want to help, they? and yeah. they just want to make sure you have the best time. And actually, um, you just got to put Your face yourself out there, out there. yeah, yeah. And then you've just got to trust they'll do the right thing by you. And they always, always did. And it's definitely changed my mind. Um, definitely, I'm way more open. I think people often say, "Oh, you let your you let your guard down a little bit when you go on holiday," but I know I, that's not no, us. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, really not us. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really wonderful. And we met, you know, we're in touch with a lot of them now. Um, yeah. We still keep in touch. Oh, incredible people. Yeah, really heartwarming. Amazing. How did you find being filmed all the time in your highest and lowest moments? <laughs> it was it was hard. It was hard. Well, it's certainly different to start with, but you soon, you're on a race and you're just, you're just keen to crack on and <clears throat> not fall behind and be out in front. So you kind of just forget that they're there a little bit which is which is sad because they spent so much of the race you know by our side but because there's that separation we kind of feel you know perhaps closer to the other teammates sometimes mm. than with the with the crew unfortunately just because yeah there was that distance we didn't you know it, it was strange I mean there was hard points where you know where we had fallings out and it was being recorded <laughs> Um, and our mums are watching oh god <laughs> but that's more of a retrospective thing you're like oh my god that's oh no oh no that's, that's probably gonna hit telly oh jesus yeah so you touched on it there i, I wanted to ask and don't worry if you don't want to talk about it but that bus La station Paz. argument ah. <laughs> actually no i was i was totally cool with it because in real life it lasted about eight hours um, and on the tv it lasted about eight seconds so i was dreading the whole wasn't i i was really yeah. dreading it <clears throat> and I knew it was coming oh god yeah and actually it was really it fine yeah because it was a 
big argument and lasted so long you know it was just weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of pent-up anger and frustration and upset it actually wasn't anything to do with you or the fact you were like can you just come here and help me please I was just it was just breaking point it was a breaking point definitely yeah just triggered by so yeah. many different things yeah, going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. You're starving, you're tired, you know, people aren't giving you the information. You just want the information. And actually, I'm, I'm really glad that it happened because it, it just allowed us, after a, probably a day, um, to <laughs> reset, regroup. And actually, we it was the night we went to the Chile to wrestling. Oh, and we were was, on a yeah. night bus that night. And obviously, Robbie had gone to sleep, still really quite cross at me. And I sat there and I actually really felt very alone. But that made me realise if Robbie and I don't pull together, like we've got absolutely no chance of even winning this. So I'm glad it happened because it kind of, especially me, made me realise we need to be a team and we need to stick together and almost like sod everybody else. Because mm. actually, yeah. you know, this is, this is our um, journey. And actually, I'm glad it happened because oh, from yeah, that definitely. point, yeah. I think we just like sort of, I think we we're like a power couple. We just, yeah. it clicked, didn't it? You so seem yeah, to go hell, from strength but... to strength. The, the latter part yeah. of the race, I would say, was your strongest part. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. It just exposed all of our weaknesses, didn't it? To to us as well as the viewers, I guess. And it was like, right, okay, so we know we know where we fall down. Yeah. And we can and also we know each other's pinch points. So when I'm feeling like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. automatically you want to do this, but don't because that makes me worse. Yeah. Do this instead. Yeah, yeah. And I learned a lot about you, you know, this is yeah, we just we just we just you know we had time to actually sit and and talk on on those long bus journeys and learn who each other was again because we're not at work we're not paying bills you know it's not been night (laughs) we just we just had chance to sit down and actually remember who we are as people and why we were together in the first place and actually I just think yeah thank god that happened because actually like you said, that was the point where it clicked and we were just like, we got this from teamwork. We were mm. incredible. I wanted to ask, um, you alluded to it there about your family and them watching it on the TV show. What was it like not speaking to them for so long? We found it quite hard, didn't we? I mean, <clears throat> it was my dad's birthday whilst yeah. we were out there. Family, friends, yeah. no contact with the outside world. Well, to the, to the, to the world you know and love. And that felt weird. Yeah. It felt like you were kind of like in a bit of a bubble. Yeah. It was exhilarating on one hand, like not having a phone, not having the pressures of keeping on top yeah, of your yeah. email, keeping on top of your WhatsApp, mm. making sure your friends are okay. I think we were so preoccupied and so busy. We didn't have an awful lot of time to sit and, and think about it. It was kind of those bus journeys where I'd sit and be like, oh, I really miss my friend. Or, you know, I, I really want to, or, or this is happening to me and I can't believe that. I can't tell anyone about it. It's yeah, such yeah. like an amazing thing. And I just want to tell everyone they'd be yeah. dead proud. And, you know, you just want to say like, look what we're doing. So I, I think it's probably, I think, well, my mum actually said it was like you died. She actually <laughs> found it really hard. She said she actually went into mourning um, because of course, like they have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea where we are. They don't even know what country we're in, you know, no. what part of the world we're in. They've got no, no. idea. So someone obviously just check in and say, just to let you know, Jenna and Rob are alive mm. and they're having a great time and, you know, they're doing okay. But no information is, is given. You know, it's top secret. So, yeah, my mum, she literally said when I got back, it was like you were dead. <laughs> 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 oh, 
of course you go away for such a long period of time as well and I imagine of course you can't tell people what you're doing what was your cover story we didn't have one uh, we were allowed to tell um our mums so our, our mums and dads um knew and my I've only got on my dad and a brother so my my family knew your mum and dad knew yeah but none of none of your siblings none of our friends nobody knew so actually when you get back to England and you get your phone back and you turn it on <laughs> There's like texts, uh, right, I'm calling the police. This is really out of character. Like I've rang your mum and your mum has just given me some funny answer. Like what, what has happened? Yeah, yeah, there was a few situations, wasn't there? Work didn't have a clue. Work just thought we'd had to take, you know, sabbaticals for some, yeah. for some crazy reason. So then you get back to the office and they're like, oh, I thought you died. Oh, so you've not had a baby. Oh, I heard that you punched someone and got sacked. Like it was, it was actually really <laughs> quite fun to come back to you, wasn't it? So, oh, did you yeah. have a nice time away? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, where are the yeah. pictures? I forgot oh, to uh... take my phone. <laughs> you forgot to take your phone. Like it was really hard. Just to... lots of awkward moments. It, yeah. yeah, you just had to change the subject or like get out of the room dead quick. <laughs> have another wine mum there we go <laughs> and I wanted to bring up this quote because I watched the whole series back through in preparation for this interview and your quote excitement adventure trauma was used in the intro so I heard that quite a lot would you say you experienced all of that oh god yeah tenfold and and <laughs> sometimes in the matter of minutes yeah, like yeah, it, yeah it was literally like this um yeah god what an incredible adventure full of both of those things excitement and trauma and all the rest yeah yeah how did you know in the bbc <laughs> you just knew I just you knew. just knew oh god because wherever we go it's always exciting but very traumatic so uh, yeah yeah that's true Cracking. story of our lives mm. so i wanted to pick out some individual moments from the trip and wondered if you had a favorite country or city i love belize i mean i'd never say i'd go back to same place again but Belize is probably somewhere I'd like to go back and discover a bit more of. Yeah, definitely. It's incredible. Rum, Caribbean beaches. Just the people, the lifestyle. Oh, so um, laid back. Yeah, it's kind of got it's everything, incredible. really. It doesn't have like a standout thing, oh, you must go and see X, Y, and Z, but just the atmosphere yeah. and, and, and stuff that you can do out there. It's all, all in one place, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I loved Belize. I really, really liked it. I don't know why, because we literally got on a bus, drove through it, and went out the other end. What did you like? Buenos Aires. Oh, it just yeah. felt we that's where we did the um argentine tango we had literally had an hour before like getting the next bus mm. and we were sat in a park and they were dancing we were like we're going to join him and that just felt really just felt like everyone was outside drinking cups of coffee in tiny mugs and very kind of parisian wasn't yeah it? it just there was something about it and as we drove through it was night time and they have this thing, like Night of the Museum, it's called. Yeah. And basically they open every single museum. It's completely free. And you get really dressed up. So there are all these people in like tuxedos and ball gowns queuing. Yeah, one night of the year, yeah. which I didn't realise. Everyone was like queuing like it was, I don't know, like a, like a film premiere yeah. or a graduation night or something. But all these big buildings with long queues yeah. of people dressed up to the hilt in like yeah. DJs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like what's going on? Yeah, it's Night of the really Museum. Such a cool idea. Yeah. I really wish that we spent more time in Brazil as well. In um Yeah. Rio de Janeiro. Yes, thank mm. you. <laughs> but yeah, definitely Belize. We'd we'd go back to Belize, wouldn't we? And we'd love to obviously fill in the gap. So obviously we missed El Salvador. We missed where else did we miss? Uh well we flew over Ecuador. Yes. So we'd really like to we've you know we've we've done all of that distance and there's just a couple of kind of big gaps. So Didn't we really see much of to... Chile, did we? No. 
just go mm. back and fill it in. Yeah. So from a viewer's perspective, when I was watching everyone in Brazil, it kind of felt like just leave straight away because for the money perspective, everyone just felt like their bank balances were just depleting on such a rapid so scale. Expensive. So expensive. It was it's so expensive. And unfortunately it's like the one place that you'd want to have spent mm. money yeah. just because the party atmosphere out there and uh you just felt like you just had to scrimp we couldn't it just was to survive get in and get out wasn't it, it yeah, was, even yeah. The transport costs were incredible they were so high we're talking like you know what we had budgeted for a week just yeah. for a one overnight bus kind of yeah. thing like oh my goodness Ah, yeah, so Isla Grande was incredible, really incredible. Yeah. And who knew I was so good at canoeing? Hashtag next Olympics. Yeah, you were you were rapid across that lake. Jennifer Canoe. They didn't, um, but yeah, checkpoint weren't ready for us. They didn't expect us to arrive so quickly, <laughs> did they? Team GB, all I'm saying. <laughs> so you spoke about it earlier, the fact that food wasn't exactly high on your priorities. But I wondered, what was your diet like during the race? Was it just anything you could get your hands on for cheap? It was mainly whatever you could find in the cupboards of the bus, wasn't it? Yeah, sometimes we got free meals on the bus, <laughs> but it was like really like dry, oh, like God. biscuits or something like that. Or um... them cheese and ham sandwiches. Ugh, I couldn't even eat them. Yeah. Terrible. Some some buses would be really great and they come a few times. And on one bus we had like Coca-Cola, we had like chicken dinner. Do you remember the chicken yeah, dinner? Yeah, and yeah. we got like a jelly and we were like, oh, like we were like kings. <laughs> and then the next bus. Uh, I remember, yes, I remember being a bit sneaky. So you, had you gone to the bathroom, but you weren't there. So basically I put like all of our stuff on the seats opposite us, which were empty. And I said, oh, my friends, plural, I've gone to the bathroom. Otherwise, yeah. it's only one bathroom. So I got a dinner for me, dinner for Robbie, and then two extra dinners for my friends who were sat opposite us. And I remember opening it, and it was like a really awful thing. And we never even <laughs> yeah. ended up eating anyway, did we? So no, we only ate if we stayed at home stay and they cooked for us, which was incredible. What were those uh, Duce de, de Leche yeah, Al biscuits? Alfajoras. Alfajoras. Oh, the my goodness. used to give them out yeah. in bucket yeah. loads. So we just like... We just live off that. And we used to buy and whenever water. we saw and water, a supermarket, we'd buy a single tin of tuna and you know one of those multi-packs where you get like six of the tiniest like microscopic bread buns. Mm. And we'd have we'd one share of one of those um wow. a day and that would be it. In fact, we were sat outside a restaurant. I think waiting for a bus or just literally resting just for five minutes. And I was like, I'm a bit hungry. I'm going to have my bun early. So I'm making this like tuna <laughs> yeah. bun. And the, we were just finishing off, weren't we? We were. And the guy came out and, and he must have thought we were tramps. He was like, oh my God, like, are you guys okay? And we were like, yeah, we're just having a snack. Sorry, we can leave if we're like bringing, you know, bringing the atmosphere down, bringing the look down. You don't want these tramps on your, on your stairs. Anyway, he went back in, he came out a bit later in like five minutes later and said are you, come in order anything yeah. off the menu are, are you like, oh my goodness. i've been a traveler before i i can see that you, you look crap you're <laughs> tired you're obviously hungry like that tin of tuna is not going to sustain you come in and he said pick whatever you want and wow. we're just like we could have had anything we could have had anything, anything. but we just wanted salad yeah. i think we haven't had salad in like salad months piece. And can we have a chicken breast to share? Because any one <laughs> will be full. And we had a water, didn't we? It, it was just incredible. We sat there and we just, oh, we felt so lucky. So so that was really nice. And that's what got us through, really, wasn't it? People's kindness. What a lovely man. Oh, gorgeous man. One, do you remember one time, Iman, Iman and Jamil, we got off a night bus 
and they looked at us and they were like oh my god guys when is the last time you ate and we were like sorry we're on the edge of death like we can't even hear you say that again and he <laughs> emptied his bag didn't he and he gave us gave all us of his food because yeah. he'd been at a, a hostel and he'd taken some extra breakfast items wow. and he gave us some bread rolls or something and we'd had we'd got that moldy jam sweater. oh that was yeah so he actually he even had to feed us one time yeah he did he just didn't eat did he you lost two stone Wow. I lost a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what happens when you starve yourself. <laughs> not healthy. Yeah, not maybe, maybe not one to recommend. <laughs> no, no, it went straight back on as soon as it came out. Yeah. You've got to climb this James Bond hill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, did you end up trying any new foods during the race because you were just desperate to eat? We did. Um, in Colombia, we had some quite cool street food. Something like a half pitter thing. It was like a pitter thing, but I couldn't. I fortunately don't remember the name of it. But we had some quite cool street food in in Colombia. Do you want to talk about <laughs> what, what what guinea pig gate would be? Oh, eating guinea pig. Kurt? Oh yeah. I went hungry that night. I couldn't even eat. Yeah. It's my favourite yeah. pet, and they literally handed it to us on a plate, teeth and eyes and claws and hair and all. Literally just chopped it in half, squashed it. Dinner is served. Yeah, still with its skin on, mm. fried, fried face and claws. Ugh. I just have the potatoes, thanks. So, I was, no. I did try it, but like <laughs> the way it's presented. <laughs> oh dear. I put on a brave face though and tried some, but yeah. I'm not forgiving him. I think if I'd have been like you, Jen, I would have missed that one. I, cu- I couldn't. I just couldn't. And then actually, I think they offered me some chicken instead, and I just, I couldn't even face meat. <laughs> I was like, you're probably tricking me. No. Um, but the home cooks were really good, weren't they? They that was some of the tastiest food. Yes. When they, it was, yeah, that was true. Yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. Lots of you stayed with people and, things, and they cooked. Yeah. That was really nice. Oh, and we're, oh my God, do you remember? Patagonia. Yeah, uh, Stephen. Oh my God, we're in the pine forest and we'd basically been like lumberjacks for the day and we'd built um, a fence to keep El Precious off the water, but you probably remember all this. <laughs> he was incredible. And he did us this massive barbecue and it was just all the meat ever in the world. Argentinian barbecue, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It was incredible. I mean... I ate and ate and ate and ate and ate and ate and I think I even put a rib in my pocket you know I, I, just, I was filling my boots and we had beer as well he bought us a beer oh yeah we had beer as well yeah oh that, oh, was, that was special that was a special day amazing so you mentioned the fact that you usually holiday in luxury when you do go away how hard was it to adjust to life in the hostels <laughs> I wasn't too bad was I but yeah you struggled you'll sleep anywhere Robbie's got no standards but um <laughs> God, it was it was hell. Oh gosh! And sometimes I remember the first one we went into. Was, was it the first one? Yeah, it's on the way to Copan Marina. So I yeah, think it was, it was to the first checkpoint, wasn't it? The yeah. night before, when that storm yeah, came down. Yeah, that's it. So you're sopping wet. You know your socks and shoes. You know you're literally wet through to the core. Yeah. Um, and we got into this hostel, and I was like, oh, that's very reasonable, very cheap. And that's because there was a poopy in the toilet. There was blood on the sheets. I went to wash my hands and the tap crumbled into nine million pieces in my hand. <laughs> and then that, I went yeah. to like, yeah. And then there was like glass everywhere because the mirror oh, had God, broken. Was, it was yeah. so and you know, you're thinking, right, I mean, by then it was it was week one now defense, but you'd had the same clothes on for like four days. You were feeling just pretty grim after four days. You don't brush your teeth for four days because yeah. you can't what's brush it, your teeth on night? a bus. And then you're thinking, yes, we get to go in a bed, you know, we get to go to a hostel, we get to have a hot shower, get to do your makeup. So when you arrive at checkpoint, you're going to look great. And then you go into somewhere like that and you just, you know, you just put a sheet over the blood, you lay down, <laughs> you just get back up again and you go. 
yeah, yeah. awful. We stayed in some awful places. <laughs> and that night you made me sleep in a hammock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ours happened none of paying what well, I had with you on that. Like six, $60 or what a night? But yeah. your hammock was okay because your hammock was flat. I slept yeah, yeah. in you were a circle. Bit like a banana, I didn't you? even sleep. I kept waking up because I could hear things around me and I thought, you know, I was being attacked. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> Put your bag down. Where? Yeah. <laughs> I can't take it off. There's nowhere to put it. Oh, God. Oh. And I'm like, take your shoes and socks off. Right? You're going to get trench foot. I'm not taking my shoes off in this place. <laughs> I'll get more than trench foot if I take my socks off in here. <laughs> so you mentioned that you don't often go back to the same place once you visited there once. But was there anywhere from the race which you feel like you didn't perhaps do justice to during the race that you want to go back to another time? God, you said that for all of the places, really, couldn't you? You just travel through them so quickly. You always are left wanting more. Mm, definitely, yeah. And some of the, probably the my least favourite countries, like Honduras, even Copen Marinas in Honduras was was incredible. Yeah. Like places like Brazil, like they're so they're so large. We saw such a tiny proportion of Brazil and Argentina that you know we could easily easily go go back to and see so many new places. You could do the same trip again and not even go to the same place again couldn't you mm. oh yeah just, like yeah. a tiny 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 bit of it Every, yeah. everywhere you'd need to go back to and just you know i think there was one leg we did like three countries or something do you remember we we're literally border, border 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 yeah. yeah so it's it's kind of you know times like that where you think oh like this is incredible but also it's really sad like Buenos Aires we're traveling through and i was like oh i just love mm. just two hours just just anything um yeah, you know, we wanted to win. So it was it was a toss between, yeah, yeah that was really hard. It, you know, do you have the experience you want and potentially not make it to the final or do you just gun through and risk not being in the final and, and have not seen the places? So actually it was a really fine line between fine enjoyment line, and race. Yeah. But we, we got really good at that as well, didn't we? There were times where we were like, right, we've stopped now until the bus is at six. It's now two. We've got four hours, so let's not worry about the race. Let's just switch off for four hours and have four hours of incredible fun, like a Gazoo Falls. Mm. We went and did that, didn't we? Because we were waiting for the next bus. One of the best things we've ever done in our lives. Yeah, so we got incredible. really good at, this is race time. This is enjoyment time. And partitioning them. Yeah. And partitioning them and enjoying each one and not feeling guilty for not thinking about the other one. Yeah. 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 Nice. And the opposite to that, is there a place from the race which you would never go back to? That bloody hostel. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we said, we're not go-backers. So that's not because you know, there were awful places. That's just because you know there's so many more places on the list. There were places that we were less keen on, but I'm not sure if that's because I wasn't really in the right frame of mind when we, when we were in them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds so ungrateful. It's not that I'm ungrateful. It's just that I, I just genuinely really struggled. It's such a big challenge. I just, I really struggled. And it took me a while to kind of get Ease into the into rhythm. The yeah, so yeah. kind of the first half, although I'm glad it happened because, you know, there's been such a dramatic change. I think I had to go through that horrible period to get to a good period. But I don't know whether, like, for example, like I, I, I always say, oh, I didn't really enjoy Honduras. But then is that because it was the first week and, I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I didn't stop to enjoy it and look around or 
I wouldn't go back to Honduras personally. I think. Why do we hate it so much? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite it's quite dangerous, and there's not a huge Where amount was to see. Man? We'll that probably won't go back there. Oh well, there we go. Enough said. <laughs> we literally had to like dodge the machete, didn't we? <laughs> and you've touched on both of these already Igazu Falls and Monteverde Cloud Forest Jen you described Monteverde Cloud Forest as the best day of your life mm. is there a place and is it one of them that means the most to you from the trip oh gosh I, I have yeah so the bears in Peru were a highlight the cloud forest was a highlight um, Patagonia if if I had like three life-changing moments it was it was yeah Igazu Falls they're, they're, my, they're my top four they actually like they actually changed my life like I I will it's vivid to me like it just happened like a second ago I just stood there and you could almost cry like the emotion is so overwhelming like I am so blessed to have been to those places nobody really gets to do that mm. especially not people like me old bloody fat Jen from Reading like are you kidding me <laughs> like I, I just I, I reflect I've done it in such a short period of but time as well. You as well because you know you will have that bond now forever only me and you even the other contestants you know they've had their own trip and there'll be things that are special to them but nobody knows apart from me and you mm. only we had that and to kind of just to be like in those situations and, and kind of look at you as if to say like can you believe that this is my actual life like it, it, oh it's just incredible yeah, those, those four things really, I'll never forget them. I'll be telling those stories to my grandkids when I'm 100, kind of wolf jumper. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Amazing. And did you go off route at all at any point during the race to visit your dream destinations? I don't think we had to. We definitely wanted to go to Belize, didn't we? we so we made to to sure Belize, we took yeah. that, that route. You're, you're probably best at this because obviously until I've been, um, I didn't know really where I was going. In Peru, we probably took a bit of a Arequipa. detour to go to Arequipa, which was quite cool. And we kind of risked potentially getting um, uh, mountain sickness. Yes, because um, our friends had been on holiday there, hadn't they? And they told us good things and you didn't you knew about it for some reason. I've read a lot about, you know, that, that part of Peru and a lot of people enjoying Arequipa and some of the cultural yeah. sites and the environment that was, was yeah, quite nice. Yeah, and we wanted to go to the cloud for us. So, so I think probably, yeah, Belize, that was definitely tactical. Arequipa in Peru was definitely tactical. Yeah, yeah. The cloud for us we wanted to go to, I think probably would we have had to have done that anyway. But we chose that work tactically because we knew we'd, we'd get to kind mm. of go and, and go there. Yeah. We considered the glaciers in Patagonia as well, didn't we? But we they did. were just way too expensive and yeah. too far off. Yeah. Just too many places. Yeah. Too many places. So many stories. I love hearing them all. I know. Oh, gosh. It's so incredible to like chat because, mm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a year today, actually. So we actually yeah. we finished a year today um anniversary anniversary so actually mm-hmm. you know it's been quite a while for us so to actually you kind of forget don't you you get wrapped up in your life and we're back in the brown house and we're back to being Jen and Rob who work and mm-hmm. pay bills so actually to have like these conversations it's just incredible it like brings it you you allow us to relive it it's yeah, yeah we could talk about it for hours oh I could listen for hours as well finally um has the race dictated and changed the way you're going to travel in the future when we can travel again, of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, you don't have to plan it. You can just rock up a place at a place. You can arrive at an airport and you don't have to worry about it because, you know, you can speak to a local, you'll get there eventually and you'll find a place to stay overnight, you know. It's not actually as hard as 
you know you're initially worried you don't have to over plan it at all and um, chances are you had more money because a lot of the things we couldn't do were budget based weren't they so actually if you had yeah. you know a little bit of a, of a budget i'm all for it i never mm. well never did i even own trainers or a backpack so that's new already you can you can be so fast without a suitcase like it's incredible <laughs> like you've got your hands free you can eat and walk it's just it's life-changing like i would i would I was always like a, I'll take my suitcase and I'll pack 20 outfits because, you know, we're going for three nights. I need a big, options. massive suitcase. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're a big fan of your backpack. And I take it, if, you know, do you want to come around for a cup of tea? I get my backpack on, I fill it with all the snacks. I, I love it. It is, I'm not, I'm probably not going to, you know, go on many night buses and sleep in hostels like Tapgate <laughs> but I will absolutely rock up somewhere having no idea where there's something I'm exciting about that isn't absolutely there? Yeah, and definitely. and just the ability to be like actually we really like it here why don't we just stay an extra few nights or we don't like this place like let's let's get out and I do a night bus if it was you know you sleep in the next day you're somewhere else and you get like another day of holiday oh it's definitely changed the way that that I yeah me travel definitely yeah, yeah. I think we were really adventurous before, to be honest. But I think it's also made us think about um, the kind of activities that we get up to on mm. holiday. You know, there's so many opportunities out there to you know, get involved with life, wildlife projects. Oh, absolutely. And certainly opened our eyes to that. I mean, I probably will still want a few of those holidays where, you know, you saw and you time, <laughs> and they come over and you just read for a whole day, you know, in a sun lounge. I probably will still like a little bit of that but i i couldn't do a week of mix that. It up with something definitely else. there's got to be adventure now yeah the so where, where have you got planned then <laughs> my list i think we want to do a bit more of um like southeast asia don't we yes um so yeah that's probably probably next on the list i guess but there's so many places out there i mean i'd love to go to georgia i'd love to so many random places that is out there. really random japan is on our japan. list Malaysia yeah. is on our list. That's that's the list. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very long one. To be fair, we are in lockdown. It seems very yeah. hard to plan at this point yeah, in time, doesn't course. it? I mean, yeah. Who, who knows what you know the cost of travel is going to look like mm. when we come out of all this craziness? Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. Definitely be more adventure. Amazing. Well, Jen, Rob been so lovely talking to you and hearing all of your stories thank you so much for taking the time of course to come on the podcast it really means a lot to me thank you so much for thanks having alex us. thanks for having thank us you on your time yay thanks for letting us remember uh anytime so there we go that was episode five of travel talks with jen and rob they were amazing guests, such lovely people and so nice to catch up with them and talk to them about a show which I'm really passionate about. I'm so, so grateful to them for coming on the show and taking time out of their day to do so, but also to you guys for listening too. Of course, if you guys don't listen, I'm just talking into a mic a bit like I am now, actually. It's a bit awkward, just randomly rambling into a microphone. So thank you for listening. It really, really does mean a lot. And if you do enjoy the show, then what you can do to support me and support the show is give it a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And also follow us on our social platforms. We've got Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Instagram is at Travel Talks Podcast. Twitter is at Travel Talks Pod. And on YouTube, if you search for Travel Talks, then you're going to find loads of clips which I've uploaded to. As always, guys, thank you again for listening and I'll see you all next week. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.